I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the 2019 spring season review episode of MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by New York City FC, the number one goal scorer for FC Cincinnati. Uh, wait, no, no. Uh, how'd that get in there? Actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. And we'd like to go ahead and say thank you for joining us. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have our very special guest tonight, MLS soccer commentator, player, all-star in our hearts, uh, Bobby Warshaw, inventor of the expected fantasy point stat. So uh, look forward to that coming up. we got a great little interview with with Bobby for you. Uh, guys, welcome. Welcome, Hi. Reed. And thank, welcome to you for coming on to the, you know, cheering for New York City. Is, you know, <laughs> since hey, they, I, I was all for them. I knew what was going to happen. I, I had the right captain this week, so it's it's all good. It He's got to cheer for whoever's putting goals in the back of the net for Cincy. That's, I mean, I, I understand how this works. We all love Abear. <laughs> I understand how this game works. So, uh, well, guys, here we are. It's it's a little bit of a break, everyone, if you're listening tonight. I hope it's because you're going to hear Bobby talking in a little bit. Uh, but we're on a break, a one-week break for MLS Fantasy. And uh, watch the Gold Cup. That's what it's for. Get a, get a little bit of time here. Also, what you're going to see is you're going to see your – uh, leagues reset. You're going to see player values get adjusted, deliberate choice of words, and your team value, overall value, get reset as well back to 100 million. So keep an eye on that. This is the time where you can join new leagues. If you're a league manager, you need to make sure you watch your, your league cap, especially if you have a head to head leagues to make sure that you get everything filled up. So as far as I'm concerned, we're going to have the Patreon leagues and the Fantasy Boss League and the r slash fantasy MLS League going again this for the for the fall half of the season more prizes are going to be awarded for then so look for that link to get posted in uh, the coming days but first i'm going to give a shout out to the winners of the mls fantasy boss network of leagues that is the mls fantasy boss open the r slash fantasy mls open and the patreon head-to-head -head league so big shout out to fc Star Fox who got gold in MLS Fantasy Boss League, uh, number one right there. Uh, Skylar Redpath, a fantasy guru right there, got the silver, number two. And then all the way down to Maddie Littman, uh, one of our Patreon contributors who also got uh, very well in our Fantasy Boss League right there, has the bronze and gets third place right there. So you're good. you guys will be getting MLS gift cards as well. Over for the r slash fantasy MLS League, we have North Pole FC as number one. We have uh, Ryan Anderson, MLS Fantasy Stats, who's been tearing it up this year, is uh, number two, so almost almost tore it up. And then we have uh, Seagraves United FC with the number three spot. Now, the interesting thing I had to let you guys know is these guys were actually not one, two, and three. Uh, you get If you win in multiple leagues, you'll get the higher of the two places that you have, or three if you're in the Patreon league. Uh, and also, if you don't sign up on my, my registration document you don't win i i have to have people sign up so that i can contact you because the past few seasons when i did not do this it was a nightmare trying to reach out to people and prizes frankly just didn't get sent out and that's not what i'm about i'm about sending out the prizes because that's fun so both of our number three winners our third place winners were the 12th highest scoring players in the league so if you don't register i can't give you a prize it's part of the rules i posted on reddit it's posted at fantasy boss uh, just do that. It's a quick Google Doc. I don't sell your information. I just want to give you prizes if you win. So do that for the fall season, and it's all going to be great. The last one, the Patreon head-to-head -head league. You guys are going to get some cool swag in addition to your gift cards. Uh, we've got River Schoolkill, who's been tearing it up in our head-to-head -head league right there with number one. And then we got the freaking Printer FC, who's number two. 
And then finally, we got Flicking Portland, and that is Mark Prince Metal, and he's been up and down uh, throughout this whole whole time as well. So it ends up with third. Great, great competition right there. So congrats, guys, on all the prizes that you've won. Uh, I also want to – I know I'm talking a lot, guys. Don't worry. I'll let you talk in just a second. Um, I've been seeing a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit today – who have been sending out messages saying, thanks so much for your tips. This is how I finished. Uh, I, I was scoring 32 points per week, and then I found your podcast and your, and your form, and now I'm getting over 100 per week. And that is awesome. I am so happy to see people sharing this and being excited and doing well and doing better. That's that's exactly what we're here for. We we just like to be able to, to share what what we spend way too much time thinking about <laughs> and to let people have more fun. And if, and if you're doing better, that that's what matters. I mean, really, even if you're not doing better, if you're having fun, that's what we want to help you do. And so I'm so excited to one, have you guys and gals part of our fantasy community, because that's a huge element of this for me. And I'm also excited that you're doing well. So keep those coming. I love seeing the messages on Twitter, love getting emails about them, love seeing it on Reddit. Uh, so keep doing that. I'm trying to like them and retweet them just to let everybody know. But I feel it's only fair that we share our own successes for or failures for <laughs> this season. So uh, Blaine, you want to kick us off? How'd you do in the spring season? Yeah, finished with uh, two points shy of 1,600 points for the season, which is actually really good on a 15-game week. That's averaging, I guess, over 100 points around, which is pretty outstanding for me. Um, 266 in the overall ranking. Um, outside of my goal of top 200, I always shoot for top 200, but as I tweeted out today, if you're in the top 500 or even the top 1,000, that's a really big accomplishment considering we've got what, somewhere around 29,000 players in the game. Not everybody sticks with it, but the communities are bigger and they're growing. And there's, there's so many people we talk to and only 200 people can be top 200. And so, and I look at some of the other teams and they had better seasons than I did. And so I applaud them and I hope we had something to do with that. I always sleep better at night knowing that my advice is why I'm not in the top 200 because everybody else is stealing my tips. But Hey, I, I'm happy with a top 500 finish again. Um, I always will be happy with a top 500, but if you, if you met your goals this year, count it as a win. Mike. Um, so I actually managed to squeak into the top 500 this past week. Um, which was pretty crazy because I think like two weeks out or, or something, I was still in the you know outside the top 1,000, but I had top 100 weeks uh, the last two weeks, and so that got me into ended up 474. Um, so I'm really happy with that surge to kind of recover some of my dig dignity after that start that that I had was so bad because uh, it was looking like the only thing I was going to be able to do this year was you know help other people do much better than I did. Uh, but the, you know I'm I'm, which I'm glad to do I'm glad to you know because the reason we do this is for the community. Um, you know most of us are not going to be able to win prizes. It's the fun of the game and the fun of talking about the game with others. That's why we do it. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, definitely short of, of of my goals of you know top two hundred or, or one hundred, uh, but I felt like I got a better grip on what was going on as the season goes on. So uh, fingers crossed for the fall uh, until I find new ways to screw up. <laughs> as for myself, I uh, I had a really great final round, and and that helped a lot with with my overall rankings after having a rough start to the beginning of the season. Uh, it it was. Uh, for a lot of us, we had a rough start, so that that made or break a lot of people this year. I got a little bit over sixteen hundred points, so that was that was nice. Uh, I finished in the top two hundred overall for this season, which is is a little bit outside of my goal. I always shoot for the top one hundred, so I'm a little bummed for that. Uh, if I don't make the top hundred, it seems like I'm I'm either like in the top hundred or a hundred and two. And so it's, it's just like taunting me with that. So a little bit, uh, 192 is where I ended up, up in the spring season. So not not quite where I wanted it, but I did really well in my head-to-heads. And if you listen to the show often, you know that that's really where a lot of my focus has turned to. Now, I ended up, I was I was trying so hard. I wanted, I wanted to come out swinging, and I kind of did. I got second overall in the FC Cincinnati official fantasy league. And I really, I really wanted that one. I wanted that one bad, uh, but it was it was 17 points. I, I missed it by 17 points. Get I would guess technically 18 points. By 18 points, just securing 
first place in the FC Cincinnati League. And that was great because I was a little bit over 30 behind going into this final round. So that lets you know how how strong of, of a final round 15 that I had was I was able to make up uh, half of that that point score right there. So, But ended up uh, second place there. So, so that was a little bummed. Uh, and even in the in the R slash fantasy, sorry, the R slash FC Cincinnati league that I made on Reddit, I ended up second there as well. So, uh, always always a bridesmaid for me this year, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so yeah, I I enjoyed it. I loved the head to heads. Loved hearing what people said. Uh, so thank you so much for that feedback. And I want to point out one more person right now who sent some feedback that was particularly touching to me because it it just felt so genuine. Uh, I got a message on Reddit in response to one of our question threads from uh, Big Tree, as, as the user on Reddit, who, who just wanted to give a shout out because of, of the situations they found themselves and in life with, with their job, that they really, this person really enjoys uh, my cadence, but just the way the show works and listening to us, and it's really helped with with how they're interacting with work and i get i'm hoping i guess made it a little bit better uh just from listening to us in the show and so man i just want to let you know that uh that that really touched me uh and and i and i'm happy that this that unintended way has been able to help you i i don't know what i'm doing uh he did mention cadence and so i i'm I, if I'm not sounding like normal, it's because it's in my head now. But uh, I just, I just want to know. I mean, that that seems so genuine and so raw and so personal. I'm sorry if calling you out like that has has made that weird. But I just really want to acknowledge you that that thanks. I'm glad that that you've been able to get that, and, and thank you so much for listening to the show. So, uh, okay, sappy. That was that was sappy. Let's let's get this thing mixed up. Okay, we've got Bobby Warshaw here right now just to talk to us about just fantasy stuff in general, as a player, as a pundit, as all the cool stuff that's going on right there. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy uh, Bobby Warshaw. All right, and now we have Bobby Warshaw here with us. Uh, Bobby, we are so excited to have you on the show. You've actually been one of the number one guests that have been requested over the past couple of years with us. So. Uh, well, stoked. We're stoked to have you. Me. Yeah, I mean, people I'm are like, forget that Ben Bear guy. We don't want to talk to him. <laughs> uh, so uh, we sent you some questions ahead of time just to kind of preview. We'll go through as many of these things as we can. Uh, thanks to everyone on Reddit and Twitter who sent in ideas. Uh, we're, we're hoping to just have a fun chat with Bobby. It's it's a break right now with fantasy, so I hope you're watching the Women's World Cup and the Gold Cup and everything that's going on right now. Uh, but we're still here to talk about fantasy. And... Uh, um, First, Bobby, I know you've been with the crew over there for about a year and a half now. Who was the first person that asked you to get involved with this whole fantasy side? And, and what was your initial reaction to that? Well, Ben wanted to do a show about it. And that was just tossed around. And he obviously he asked Matt first. And I asked them if I could join. A, because I like fantasy sports. You know, I think fantasy are just fun. They're, they make sports more fun. I think on a larger scale, uh, gambling makes sports more fun. I'm not a sports gambler, but I get it. Mm -hmm. And I guess to be like just kind of completely upfront about it, I wanted in early on anything to do with gambling. You know, I don't know if that's the answer you expected. I don't know if that's a, a weird answer to give. But I was like, this is it. This is coming to all sports. And I wanted to be – besides the fact that I like fantasy, I just thought it was a good – business decision to make um in the same way that i now do like like fake bets on on apps on my phone i don't actually gamble on mls but i'm like getting familiar with soccer gambling just so that i'm ready for the next wave of what's coming in our industry i think that's a perfectly fine answer we we had a lot of people who wanted us we had the survey that just came out and people were asking to add stuff about gambling so it's definitely i think where we're all moving uh what is your your fantasy background what else have you dabbled in besides just soccer all of them like every other you know like american suburban kid you know i did all fantasy games my my friends from high school we had 15 straight years of fantasy baseball. And I know that because my team name was the same. And now I would just add the Roman numeral to it. Uh, <laughs> but from freshman year until Perfect. what last year, you know, like the, the people, my good friends from high school, we had lunch together every day for four years and through college and now our, our adult lives, we had had this league. First time we didn't do it. 
just because you know half of us didn't play close enough attention and like we all we found that we still talked so we didn't have to but yeah football basketball i did a couple years of hockey i've done most fantasy leagues at this point <laughs> but we'll we'll follow up on that one in a second but first i want to talk more about the fantasy united fc mm-hmm. show that you guys have uh i was hoping that maybe you could pull back the curtain a little bit and give us and uh, just some behind the scenes about how you guys prep for this and <laughs> Like if you guys prep for this and why does everybody hate your idea of expected fantasy points so much? Oh, there's a lot of answers to that. <laughs> How do we prep for it? It is mostly at this point. So we just know generally the format and we've toyed with different formats. I mean, the hard part is because it's a new show, because it's a show that we pitched and it didn't come through the regular process. We don't have a ton of resources. I mean, the fact that we have mics in the setup this year was a step up from just having the producer hold a mic. Uh, so, but we tried the smarter dumb. We tried, anyway, we, we toyed with different ideas. We decided this one was the most sustainable. It was the best flow um, of just doing who do you, you know, the gap games, the who do you like, who do you dis- dislike, maybe shut out rankings at the end, talk about who you're captain. I probably should have got differential picks in more, but I just never found a good flow for it. And I would literally, I would just slack both Matt and Ben uh, every day when we're doing the show, every so I guess every Tuesday, and say, remember your picks. Because if you notice, if you watch the show regularly, you notice that half the times they would just read off their damn team. And every every week I would say, no, guys, that's not good content. Like, bring two names, two yeses, two noes, you know, your gap rankings. Keep it simple. Don't just read off your computer. So it was the, the prepping was largely me getting on Slack and yelling at them <laughs> to do it right, and the show ending and me yelling at them again for not doing it. Uh, <laughs> I feel, maybe you guys didn't notice, but you I feel, feel that too? I feel justified in everything I do right now. That's <laughs> that, yeah. that makes me feel really good. <laughs> you know, Matt and Ben are good. So like a lot of times it still turned out great. Um, I generally like shows to be more refined than Matt. Matt is truly like Charles Barkley. Just put me on air and let me talk about soccer. And I believe that there's different, different variations within the show that make it better. Like at some points you do just need a, a legit, quick succinct answer you do need direct answers um and that's not the way matt works and it it comes off great i really like the content he does but in this show i always push for them to say like literally look at the camera and sell your picks a little bit more was that a was that a hard pitch to the producers to get that fantasy content did it did they push back at it at first or was it easy once you got the format down ben is the one that got it greenlit so i actually don't know the answer to that Okay. And then from there, I mean, I, we are the producers, right? There's somebody that turns on the camera, that's someone that makes it, the sound is right. But we plan it. We, I mean, we are the ones who, who carry out most of it. It's no strange person in the background. Mike, this was your idea for this third question, so I'll let you ask this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're the first player I think we've had on the show, or at least for a while. I think we had Quincy Ameriqua a few years ago, if, if I remember okay. right. Yeah. Um, so I was curious how your time as a player kind of helped or has hurt you in making picks. Obviously, you have a pretty extensive fantasy background, but how did your time as a player kind of change your perspective on fantasy in general? You know, when I thought about this, potentially answering this question, I don't think it did at all. You know, if anything, right. I would say that I understand the value of confidence or lack of confidence, especially for attackers. But the funny thing about that is my my biggest weakness in this game <laughs> is I get too attached to players, that I don't d- detach and just think about the logical picks. You know, I like am invested in human beings. So it, it should help me more than it does. But I, yeah, I don't think I gain any advantage from it. Yeah, we, we, I really wanted to hear that answer because with the the format that we have of the complete free wildcard every week, uh, I've always thought that it gave players the opportunity, fantasy players, the opportunity to really analyze those matchups and say, oh, is this, is this a backup left wing back or is this a starting line? Who's, where can I exploit mm-hmm. this week? And I, and I always wondered if you had... Uh, just key insights that you were able to exploit. With no, that. And I, I think about those things and this kind of gets into X, the XP stuff. Yeah. Go. Let's do <laughs> it. Stuff in a little bit. Um, but to tell you the truth, I, I think that, and you guys have a better answer to this, I'm sure. But I, I think one of the things you can do wrong in fantasy is overthink it. I think if you generally just pick the best player for the best value, that is probably the right way to go. And the more you overthink it, uh, it can actually be to a, de- to a detriment. You know, if you try and pick a lesser player just because you like the matchup, the problem is that it's still a lesser player you're picking, even though the matchup might be a little more favorable. So that is something I think about with my own personal strategy. But yeah, it's definitely things I, I, I ponder, you know, confidence, what type of field type it is, um, where were they the week before? So I try and put that all in. 
So what do you see as the role of, of fantasy in, in the fan experience and how important do you think it is to the league and to clubs? It's huge. It's everything. It's, I don't know if it's everything, but it's gigantic because too often, and even as a player, I got trapped in this. We think about it's all about what happens on the field. It's all about the quality of the game, but it's not. I mean, sports are a drama. They're an entertainment product, and it's everything that goes into it. And every single way that you can make that drama more compelling, that you can build that entertainment product, the better. And, and for better or for worse, fantasy and gambling are a big part of that. And if you can make people feel invested, it is a big, big part of that. If you look at the NFL – I mean, how many people truly love watching football and how many people watch because it's either the conversation piece around their friends and their offices and how many people watch just because they're invested with their fantasy game or whatever gambling they're doing. It's a huge number. They use those auxiliary things to bring people into the league, which we haven't done. I mean, do you guys have friends? I guess friends who didn't play fantasy before you got them into it <laughs> uh, who were playing fantasy and watch soccer because of fantasy or do you have friends who watch soccer and spend money on soccer because of gambling? And the answer is no, not really. And this is, I think, if you are a person who is invested in the American soccer community, um, this is a good sign, right? It's a little frustrating that it hasn't happened, but if you think about where American soccer is right now, whether it's MLS or the teams abroad, and you think about the gambling wave that is coming and the margin of growth possible via the gambling wave, uh, I think it's huge, you know? And I don't, I don't have like a, that's not something we talk around around the office. This isn't like me. This is just like in my own head. If you look at other sports and other leagues, fantasy and gambling are huge, and it's still so small in Major League Soccer. So we're going to a little softball question here. Fun one. Uh, we love the banter that you guys have back and forth on the show. I don't know how much of it is manufactured or if it's real. I like to think most of it's real. But but what's it like having to carry all that ETR dead weight with, with Ben and, and Weeby and that? <laughs> Was not, nothing we do is manufactured. <laughs> uh, if it were up to me, I would actually probably plan things much more than everyone else wants to, but that's just my own personal personality. Uh, here's, you know, what's actually funny about Ben, which people don't get. Ben is the Baron T guy, right? Ben is way, way, way softer on air than he is in real life. Like, do you guys know that? I mean, if I could show you <laughs> things he says in our chats, you guys would be like, yeah, this is good. I'm like, Ben, lean into that. He's almost nervous. <laughs> ben, lean into being that guy on fantasy on the Fantasy United show. Like, like I give him the Ben Bear trash segment because Ben, lean into it. Right? It's really you're a really compelling person when you just give like your cantankerous Ben Bear, <laughs> you know, personality. Uh, so I almost wish like Ben did more of it, dude. Like, don't don't worry so much about about being smart. Like, just be you, and it is really fun to listen to. I love that. I know I, I got to meet Andrew at the first FC Cincinnati game, and he sort of said the same thing, how he's embraced that sort of slacker, can't get his team set sort of sort of persona, because it does help to cause banter and, and get people going back and forth. And well, that's what, infuriating. No, no, no. That, that we be not doing his team, I actually – I don't – I beat him, so it's fine, but it actually sure. is annoying. It's like, that's your job. Do your job. We kind, of, we kind of get that. No, we kind of get that. We don't know why an intern can at least do it. But sure. if you want to help us, if you want to help us, what we've started doing to Shane Weeby is we are naming our our last place player trophy, oh, whatever. Right. It's not Taco. It's the Weeby. So if you guys yeah. want to run with that too, last place is the Weeby. And yeah, we it, it may always be him. We will undoubtedly, undoubtedly do that. 100% behind that. Um, so you mentioned some players before. How – how do you know, how do players feel about fantasy? I know Quincy used to do it really up, really up big with Chicago about beating Quincy, but especially in this time of social media where you can just at Paxton Pomacall or something like, do you, do players talk about it? Do they play? Do they care? Do they like it? They you know? didn't for any of the locker rooms that I was ever in, whether they do now, I would be surprised. I, I, I doubt that they do, but I, I, it wasn't happening when I was around it. And the players I talk to now don't ever talk about it. Uh, that's that's phase two, I guess. We'll have to. But you know, you know the, the auxiliary to that is players in general just aren't that into soccer. They are a little bit more so than they used to be. But if you go to back and, and ask soccer players the last 15 years how much soccer they watched or read about, it was depressingly low number. It's like the dirty little secret of professional athletes. Hmm. Uh, that it's like once it, like anything else, once it becomes your livelihood, you know, the passion is taken away a little bit and you want to escape from it when you're not just directly doing it. That makes sense. Doesn't make sense. And then other people write books. So, yeah, right. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Losers. 
It's okay. No, it's okay. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of, of actual game mechanic questions. I know people want to hear a lot more of this in-depth, what do you think about the game? But, I mean, we're going to talk about that next and not put you on the spot too much for some of these things. Uh, so everyone has suggestions about what they think will make the game better. And and Ben's not a very fun guy. He likes to make these little – we, we had great grand ideas for things to change to make it really fun, but he just wanted small little changes. What's one change that you have already or think you might want to pitch for next year? Okay, can I get you guys to quickly go through yours first? Because I missed the episode when you guys did that. So if that's it, can you give me your first ones and I'll tell you if your ideas suck or not before I give sure. you my no, that, ideas? I think that's I, fair. Oh, yeah. Totally fair. Well, we got plenty of terrible ideas. <laughs> yeah, give me, um, give me your favorite one. of one ours idea. was to have a multiplier for away points. So that way you would increase the odds of picking away players. I veto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blank. Another really recent one we've had is to get rid of the budget changes based on player performance and just make it a static number week by week. Okay, but so really, so why would you do that? So then, so the goal with that one was that uh, people's value, team value, changes based on how well their players perform, and so it right. can be very easy for people to get a big jump at the beginning of the season, and then if you join three or four or five weeks into it, it you're, you're kind of lagging behind. But if, if player values kept changing and your okay. team value just went up by 0.1 or 0.2, whatever it would be, then it would keep people on an even playing field throughout the whole season. And you could literally join it at any time, try to win that week, maybe get Weeby to pull a jersey out of the back right. of your members. Uh, and so it was a way to kind of even the playing field. Okay. I don't mind that idea. I kind of like the idea of, of values going up and it just changes the feel of the game and, but yeah, I like that idea. Uh, related to that one, another idea we had was just to not change team value at all. Just you get a hundred thousand for the entire season, and players change to to make you have to actually think about who and how you want to spend that money. Oh, I like that one even more. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> the, change, the team doesn't, so it gets hard. The best weeks are the hard ones, right? The best weeks are when like two, you know, two friends can have eleven different players. Yeah, you know. So the more you the can drive that the better it is to me. The most common feedback that a lot of, at least in the hardcore side that, that we hear are that people don't want wild cards every week. They just want limited transfers or they, they do or they don't like the, the rolling lockouts that they do or they don't like the switcheroos. So that, is, the best part of the game. is it great that we help pioneer yeah, all that? So that's, <laughs> that's all. Yeah, for good or for ill. That's, that's yeah. all awesome. <laughs> it's just unique. It provides a reason to, I, yeah, it's just unique and different. It's like different than all these fantasy games. I do think the one rule change I would do is you can't, every every player gets, every team gets one specific player. And you could do it by week. I would probably do it at the beginning of the season. So if we have our team, our league of 10, uh, and I know there's a lot of people, mostly MLS fantasy is big leagues, you know, uh, extra time or fantasy boss and, and ones like that. Um, but if you have your league with your friends, you could set it up that each team only gets so only one team could have a Lardero, only one team could have Vela, only one team could have Joseph. So at least there's is a little bit of like individual ownership to the players. Kind of like a, a faux draft sort of system. Correct, and it's fine. If you don't, it doesn't have to be a draft. It can it can just be whoever. Because obviously, if you take Vela, then you have to spend that thirteen million every mm -hmm. single week. You know, so I don't know who the best option would be. Maxi, maybe, or you know, you get the idea. So I do wish there was a little bit of ownership. Would you like to see a draft version to fantasy? I know that's been kicked around as a yeah in fans as a part of you know yeah. has Ben not addressed this? <laughs> Why this doesn't happen? Um, not directly, no. <laughs> okay, and I won't address why it doesn't happen. <laughs> That's fine. We will jot that down. We'll get him on after the fall and uh, put his feet to the fire. Like, talk to us about draft. No, we get it. I mean, and we get that. It's still there's a lot of of uh, bait, player base building right now too. I mean, it's it's more important to get people in and into the game before we start mm -hmm. looking at crazy changes and things. And at least that's why I think. I would love to see more done on the team side. And I know a while back Houston used to call out the winner of their uh, fantasy league each week and they would do something special like bring them to the back and get a get a meet a player or something. And I wish more teams did that to help build from that sort of grassroots support. Yeah. So um, so for people who don't know, if you've forgotten, we're going to have a price change adjustment, uh, a tweak. It's not a reset. It's not a reset, just a little, little tweak that's coming. Uh, and... Um, that's always controversial with with what Ben seems to deem 
needs to be done. Uh, how does that work in the back end? Does he get feedback from you all? Or does he just basically say, this is it, this is where we're going and, and done? He asked for feedback. And I would say most of them we agree with. You know, he sends it to Matt, myself, a couple other people within it. Uh, and I would say we mostly agree with what he does. Uh, the hard, the annoying part is the positions, right? Like that's, it's not necessarily the values as much as when Bastian Schweinsteiger is listed as a midfield and ends up playing defender for 15 games. But that's I don't have a huge gripe with the, even the value, even if you disagree with value, that's still fun. Then take that guy, right? Like take your advantage. So I'm not someone who gets upset about the values that Ben sets. Love it. So here's my last question. Uh, I'll give you guys a chance to ask Bob anything. And then I think we'll turn it around. And and Bobby, if you have any questions for us, you're welcome oh, yeah. to ask after after Mike and Blaine get their shot, if, if Blaine doesn't have to work with his daughter. So final question. I was looking Kevin Durantis one out again, it looks like. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, I guess All I right. guess there's there's two questions maybe here. Yeah. What where do you think Vin or what do you think Ben would give you as a value? if you were in the game and uh, do you have any early tips for the fall season coming up? Oh, I would definitely have been a 4.5, not a four. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a 4.5, but I wouldn't have been someone who you take cause you know, they're not going to play. I was definitely a step above that. Uh, you were a switcheroo four, option. No, I was not. That's the yeah, thing. Not. Okay. I wasn't the lowly switcheroo. Um, what was the second question? Uh, any early previews on who you might tip, as a, as a fall season starter for the round 16? I would think that, I think Maxi is going to become more important. I think if you look at his last eight games, there where he has what, six goals and three assists or something like that. I, I just wrote it today and I forget. But he had a monster last eight games, but I think we all kind of forgot about him in that top tier. I mean, last year he was in the top tier, right? He was a guy you took with Ladero or Joseph and Al Marone and Maxi. He was one of those players. And maybe you guys, disagree. I thought he was in the top tier. And it felt like he fell out of that. He was my captain last week, so. Same. Yeah. But he was this idea. And one thing we talk about a lot is just the goal score in midfielders. High usage. Uh, they get six, you know, five, six, seven points every week and then toss in the goal and get you 10 or 12. So I think Max will be on the way up on the same idea. I think I think Matriza is a guy who might bang home like 10 goals in the second half of the year. And I say that without really loving what NYCFC are doing. Um, but I think Matriza and Katai – are players that I'll probably bet on for the first two or three weeks. Players who, when you watch them, they exceed what they do in the stats, and you hope that the stats catch up to that. That's great. Are those are cool answers. I, no, I think those are great answers right there. Uh, Blaine, Mike, do you guys have any questions for Bobby? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw one. Um, you, one of the players you didn't mention was Carlos Vela, who's obviously dominated fantasy, where you pretty much have to have him every week. Uh, you had posted on Twitter, uh, maybe like, last week or two weeks ago yeah. that uh, Vela made uh, fantasy boring. Um, so I was going to let you uh, go, go more into that and, and say what, say what you think about that. It just goes back to what I said before, where fantasy is more fun when there's more differentiation, right? It, there's some weeks when everyone had Vela, everyone had Quintero, everyone had not Joseph this year, everyone had Ladero or like uh, three, Anyway, there, there are times when you have six, seven yeah, of the players. From LFC. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, and then Robles in goal or Melia in goal. And it's just the more variation is fun. Um, and I think the fact that everyone capped in Vela for like seven of the 15 weeks um, wasn't that fun. It's not his fault, but it takes a little bit of the fun out of it, you know? Follow yeah. up to that really quick. What price point do you think would be fair for Vela in order to prevent that? Oh, that's an awesome question because that's what you could do, right? You could set his value at 15, which really makes you think about it. I don't have a good answer to that. That's a really good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it around in, like my, in our Slack, our work Slack tomorrow. <laughs> For reference, I think a couple of years ago, Giovinco had that monster first half for that monster season, and they started yeah. around like 12-5. I don't think I've ever seen a player start off at 13 mm -hmm. to start a, yeah. even start a second half like – so Vela pushing up that high, right. 13 would be kind of abnormal for what we've seen in the past. Right. And I, you but guys maybe push Ben to hit a bigger number. You guys talked about this before, but do you guys have a differentiation the way you go? Do you go for higher price players versus like a few high price players that you know will hit, and then you hope you get lucky on the bottom end? Have you guys talked about how you approach this idea? 
usually what we do is we call it the fantasy mullet, which is basically the high price guys up front, you know, the attackers, like you talked about the attacking midfielders, invest in them and then just kind of take your shots with the switch crews and the defenders, get cheap defenders and all that in the back and just kind of play around with that because the defenders don't do a whole lot other than the clean sheet. So you take your shots with the auto ruse right. and all that. Right. And so essentially, yes. Is <laughs> yeah. We, not only that, I mean, is it, is it worth it going Vela, Ladero? Like, you know what, last year would have been what Vela, Ladero, Almiron, Joseph, four guys at like 12, five. And then you do go for all $6 million guys. Yeah. I think that's a, a conversation that we, any manager should consider every week because yeah, do you want to drop all that? Do you want to drop 15 million into Bella mm-hmm. or could you grab uh, K for nine and then grab a, a defender that has a great shot at that? I think those are, those are always great conversations. And most of the time I think people are leaning toward yeah. Bella because they're hoping to get that, that brace or that hat trick and maybe an assist and then hit that with the captain. So Here, especially since clean sheets yeah. have been so weird. Here's my big question for you guys. One thing I try and talk about on Fantasy United, is this the way emotion and like general enjo- enjoyment of the game plays into it? Because I think this is what hurts me. And I have just certain things that I, they, they ruin my day when they happen to me in fantasy, right? My big one is if I have a double week player who doesn't play, who doesn't start two games. Like you can logically tell me that a player playing 100, you know, 90 and then going on for 30 makes more sense than another guy starting both. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. That is less fun for me. And I will like sacrifice the expected points in order to have that enjoyment. Um, another one is like a guy like Mark Anthony K when there are players who are on the up, like Mark Anthony K who's had a monster first half of the year and I bet on them to keep going and then they regress. And I'm like, of course they regress. Cause they were never this could be in their career. And they, they were always going to regress back to their mean. Like, why did you get sucked in by like a good three weeks? Those are the two things that I try and avoid, even at the detriment of potential points. Like what are the things that emotionally you guys do try it. It can't tolerate. Uh, I think for me, it's jumping on an early bandwagon. That's, that's what kills me. Like Wando was one, like he gets, he gets his awesome record breaking game. And I'm like, no, that's, it's, it's a flute guys. It's like, he's great. He might get yep. a few more. It's not going to happen. And then it gets braced. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it. But I mean, and then he gets another one. So that's what kind of annoys me is when I see a guy, I'm like, dang it, I should have, he was so cheap. If I just, that, that always frustrates me. Or I, I have the problem of just being a tinkerer and that I'll just keep modifying and modifying up into the end. And so it, it really drives me nuts when I see a guy go crazy. And I think that was, that was literally the last transfer I just made. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, man. Like it, it, it is. It's, yeah. worth it, it's worth it to you to have the fun of tinkering to, to, and, and to sac- not sacrifice the points, but it's worth it for you to do more transfers and I get you. I think all those things you said are also frustrations. The double game week is is a killer and something that's pretty unique to the MLS game and, and impacts so much of our choices and, and where you put your, your money and your value. And and that's that's all fun. And for me, that's become more fun in the head-to-head leagues because that's where I get the banter. That's where I can make my trades to try to maybe outsmart a player. And I'm not yeah. as concerned with the overalls anymore. It's all about the head-to-heads for me now. I hate head-to-head. There's nothing worse than losing like four straight head to head. There's nothing worse than being, and this is what I was happening in one of the leagues this year, where I was like third in total points, and I was like zero oh, and seven. Like I hate all of you. This is so <laughs> stupid. Anyway, that's uh, that sounds like our uh, our experts league. That's that's what that sounds like right there. Yeah. Anyway, so I I personally don't like head to head. It is rough. Uh, I'm trying to see exactly where you place. Yes, now would be a really bad time to point out that you went 0-3 against the MLSFI crew this year. I'm sure I, I did. You finished better than all of us in the standings. Yes. You went 0-3 <laughs> versus us. That's what I'm saying, guys. It, 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 <laughs> I, I, I just personally do not enjoy head-to-head. Somebody talks crap to me on head-to-head, and I hate <sighs> them. <laughs> the great equalizer. The great equalizer. That's what we did. Uh, I did a lot of that. Not to banter towards Bobby on Twitter. Uh, well, that's all that I have. I mean, if, if anything else you want to ask us, you're welcome to, or anything else that you'd like to talk about tonight that we haven't touched on about the fantasy or any any breaking news you want to give us, anything like that? No, I got nothing except you guys. You know, keep doing the good work. I, I see the tweets. I tune into the show every now and then to to get a feel of what you guys are talking about. So, um, thanks for having me on and, and keep it up because it's it's really important stuff. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.
Thanks for coming out. All right. Well, that was our interview with Bobby Warshaw. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Mike Blaine, I mean, I think that was great. That's, I mean, Ben's got something to, got a high bar now to live up to the next time he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. You know, questions out at us, you know, instantly willing to shoot down our ideas where Ben's that's, just like, oh, that's interesting. I'll think about it. No. <laughs> you know, in the background. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe we should just go for Doyle next and, and just be like, okay, let's, let's do this. Uh, no, I thought that was a great interview. I, I hope you guys, got some stuff we didn't ask a lot of the the nitty-gritty fantasy questions because we, we got to understand that be bobby's official ben's official there there's stuff that goes on that they just can't talk about because there's there's official things and contracts mm -hmm. and stuff that so i mean we're we're not going to hold people's feet to the fire sorry if you think that messes up our journalistic integrity but i mean it's it's great to have him on the show and we don't want to do that so but that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to talk about that stuff. So, mm -hmm. so guys, <laughs> this is this is the mid the spring season, and uh, there were a few changes, just just a couple of changes this year. How do you think? How has that worked for you guys as players, uh, just with your overall satisfaction? Blaine. So, first off, I want to say three players per team was kind of interesting through some of the double game weeks. But here these last few weeks, the three players per team was really hard to determine. You've got a few good games. I loved it. Um, loved it, yes. Loved yeah, it. like some of those double game weeks, it was like, okay, I'm taking Vela, I'm taking K, I'm taking a defender, usually Beta Shore, whatever. There were some of those moments in the double game weeks where we saw, okay, everybody's going to have the same three. But here at the end, we have Philly playing hot right now. Defense looks pretty good. A couple of prominent midfielders, maybe an unknown attacker or forward that didn't have a price or as high of a value that you can bring in. There were a couple of times it's like, oh, my usual two attackers, two defenders doesn't work here. Do I load up on defense? I think Atlanta did that to us a couple of times where we loaded up on attackers or you take pity thinking he's going to have a good week and he gets you a 12 but your defenders get you a double clean sheet and everybody who decided we'll go two defenders and Joseph just cleaned house on you. I mean, that three per team was a huge boost to the differential picks and just breaking up the cookie cutter teams or the template teams. And just, we saw a lot more varied strategies, knowing when to go offense, when to go defense with the team, who to avoid, who was safe, who are the safe picks. I saw a lot of really good changes to the leagues and a lot of different picks all around from guys that I used to pick pretty similar to on a, on the regular basis. I didn't check Jay's teams as much this year because he's not on the show all the time. But he and I used to have a lot of the same picks, and I know that broke up when we went head-to-head. -head. And then Jessup, who's one of our Patreons, he and I also have shared a lot of picks throughout the years. And now I'm seeing we're having to go different directions, and it's forcing guys who thought similarly to really change up how they play and really redefine how they, how they pick players as a manager rather than just go with what's always worked. Mike? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of skeptical that it was going to do a whole lot. Um, like most things in the beginning of the year, I was wrong. Um, it, you know, definitely like even just looking at our, um, you know, MLSFI head-to-head -head league, I thought the scores were a lot more varied this year, um, you know, among active players. Um, you know, it's it's not just like, oh, well, this guy's not playing, so that's why his score is lower. I mean, you could have a whole wide variety, and people were making picks, and, and you know, you could see like, oh, that's a good faith pick. There, there's a reason to do that, but it just didn't work out. Um, so it definitely increased the the team variance, um, which was the goal. Uh, and I think you kind of see that in the comments. I don't see think you see a whole lot of uh, more commenting about cookie cutter teams. Uh, I know Bobby just talked about Vela and, and you know picking Vela is boring and that's no fun. Um, you know, if we have more variety, I think that makes for more interesting matchups. Uh, you know, I felt like this past week, um, even with all the craziness of the international break, was really fun because. Which defender were you going to go with? And, and you know, who would their captain Maxi or uh, Pozuelo made a d big difference. So there was a lot more variations that made the game more fun. So I, I think it's definitely a, a big win. Yeah, you guys nailed it. I feel the same way about the three players. I was not skeptical from it from day one. I, I knew I was going to like this and, and I was, I was right. It, it made you make those hard decisions. Did you want to go multiples in the back? Did you want to go all in? I And I was making that choice 
that that going through that thought process all season, even up to round 15, I made the decision to go hard in with Montreal's back line. And I took tight air out of my lineup to go two defenders and Bush on the back. And so I did not get those points. I made them up elsewhere, but I didn't get those points and I didn't get the clean sheets either. So that was a risk. And it was something that I could not have done, would not have had to have done if we had still had the four players, because I would have easily gone three in the back and then tight air in, in the midfield. And so, cause you, cause you know, you know, I wasn't going to go with you, Rudy. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but yeah, I think that was an absolutely fantastic change. You're right. I think it has helped to bust up what a template team may be. I still see people talking about this and we're probably partly to blame. I know that when I have time to get out the chalkboards, when it's not a crazy double game week, sorry. Um, that that probably contributes to it. And, and people hear what we talk about and that probably contributes to it, but we try to get out multiple ideas to really help you play around and the people who have had success. I think that's what they've appreciated, but just we're throwing out the ideas and going with that. But I really believe that um, that change has helped a lot to, to bust up what a template team might be. Uh, let's talk price changes because that was the other significant, the two significant changes this season was the player price adjustment system. Uh, Mike, kick us off with this one. Yeah, I think it worked fine. Uh, I mean, like at the end of the season, I don't think you have anyone that's like super crazy off. Um, you know, I mean, even like where Vela, I don't, I don't even remember where Vela ended up, but you know, maybe he should be more. But, you know, to, to me, the bigger issue is the budget uh, and, and that increasing. And, and we talk a lot, little bit about that with Bobby. Uh, but as far as like the actual player prices, I, I don't think you saw. I, I think it worked better than last year. Blink. Yeah, the, yeah. The price correction system seemed to work really well. I mean, Wando bottomed out so bad that a uh, four goal game couldn't bring him a price rise because I guess we found out partway through the season. Oh yeah, their their game score <laughs> price bottoms out at four. Their actual value can bottom out zero, whatever. I mean, you can go. They can go under four the system will just never list them for that. And so it took him a game after the four-goal game to come back, but he started to rise really quick after that with a goal a game. And so the system is working as intended. Wando was not a starter, was not scoring goals, was not getting consistent minutes, so he bottomed out. And as mm -hmm. soon as he started being a viable factor where you could kind of rely on him to give you something, um, his price started coming back up. I think he's going to end up for the first half around a 6.0. Um, I know that I don't think they put adjustments in for this week yet, this last game, but that's four goal or that's four games with the goal. He's going to end up somewhere between, I think, six and 6.5, which is probably fair. And if he keeps it up in the second half, expect his price to skyrocket. So I, I just, and we saw that throughout the season with a lot of different players. Uh, Martinez and Pity both just. They they kind of dropped off early, but they've re, they've corrected to about fair now for the production we're getting for them, and so just a few examples. But I I can't say enough good things about how that part of the system is working. The players all seem to be accurate. I agree. Again, uh, I didn't know how this change would impact the game. I I didn't think it was bad because everything I had heard from talking to uh, people in Discord who had gotten to talk to some people at MLS about, about this. It, it sounded solid. Like we had heard that they were, I mean, we didn't know the nitty gritty. It still took us a few weeks to figure that out, but we had heard that the idea was to adjust the system so that it was a more gradual increase and mirrored the actual performance more so, and was trying to get rid of those big spikes. So that's what we were told. Uh, that's what we tried to figure out. And I think that's what we got. Um, I didn't see, crazy ups and downs. We still saw people drop by 5 million, 500,000, sorry, by 500,000 if they had a bad game after having a lot of good games. We still saw people jump up by 500,000 multiple weeks in a row, but that mirrored multiple good games. So I I don't feel like we had as many just crazy spikes. And I, I did think a lot of those values were fair. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Ben comes out with for the price adjustment. Uh, I think it's supposed to be out soon. I, I think from talking with Bobby, it sounded like he was working on it already and he has sent out some feedback to, to get from people. So I think we'll see that soon. If you're listening Monday night or, or Tuesday afternoon, if it's not already out, check it out 
on fantasy. Maybe we'll try to get together again and do a reaction video. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think that was it. Those were the two main changes. Um, other than that, it's it's things that didn't change that maybe we're hoping for. Of course, it won't happen in fall. This is this is twenty twenty type stuff. I mean, people are still talking about the number of transfers. People are still talking about the the lockouts and and all of that. Is that something that you guys are thinking about as you're playing now? as it's being tweaked or, or is that not something you're worried about? It's not something I, I think about at all. I mean, you know, I remember the old system. The, the only time I kind of think about it is if I'm going to look up the schedule on MLS fantasy boss and I see, you know, your old schedule, like, Oh, I remember the days when I printed that out and had that next to my computer because the schedule was the most important thing uh, about playing fantasy. Um, you know, as far as like right now, like it doesn't, you know, to, to me, it's about, the difference is when you spend your time. You know, you can invest as much into this game as you want or not. Um, you know, in in the older system, which is I, I think similar to the FPL system, which I mean, you and you kind of touched on it. We get like a message like once a week, like bring F MLS should just become like FPL, and like I'll talk about like why that shouldn't happen in, in a little bit, but. You know, you, in FPL right now, you're spending your time in the planning phase, trying to map over multiple weeks, trying to anticipate. Um, in, in this current MLS, it's really about analyzing the different matches, analyzing those small differential mm -hmm. players um, in, in the weird matchups, you know, analyzing the, the double game week teams. I mean, you know, how many, like, I think once or twice, like Vancouver had a double game week. So we looked through, you know, I would spend time looking through Vancouver's players to try to figure out, are there any diamonds in the rough there? Is there anyone who, you know, is there any indication in these past scores that they might have a good game coming up? Um, you know, and then there's the additional time on the weekend, just kind of double checking and switch roos. Now, I mean, I didn't finish in the top 200, but I also didn't spend a whole lot of time on my weekends, you know, checking lineups doing a whole lot of you know switcheroos and, and stuff like that did, did that hurt me a little bit i'm sure it did but i got my enjoyment out of the game you know and like there is no way that for someone who's going to fantasy game should reward people who spend more time in the game rather than less there's there's no fantasy game in the world um that you're going to get by by spending less and still succeed and still you know win overall prizes and, and stuff like that so um, as far as like, did I think about, you know, the old system? Not really because, I mean, and, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I've done so much with the injuries. I don't miss having to keep up to date on injuries oh, to try oh. to guess and, and make a prediction for two to three weeks out. I mean, I mean how many times do we talk about, well, Keen came off. Uh, you know, with 10 minutes left, do we think he just got rotated or is there a possible injury? I don't know. Let me ask the LA Galaxy guys. Oh, they tell me no. I make my decision then, oh, yeah, he's injured. He's out three weeks. You know, that that's MLS does not have consistent injury reporting. There's almost no beat writers for MLS teams at, at this point anymore. I can probably count the ones that are still left on, on one hand. Um you know that that's the reality of the sport we're in. That's not something that Ben Bear can change with a rule change, um, and that's kind of my larger point. If you saw me on Reddit today, you kind of saw a little bit of this frustration. Like there are some things that rule a rule change cannot fix. Ben Bear, regardless of what he did, if I was Ben Bear and made all the perfect rule changes, you would still not change some things. You're going to have massive drop-offs. Maybe MLS could do something about that by promoting it more, having it more of a big part of extra time, broadcasts, whatever. But every fantasy game has massive drop-offs after the first few weeks. Um, MLS has double game weeks. MLS has buys. Mapping it onto the FPL system doesn't make sense because FPL is based on a system where you pretty much have every team play every week for 38 weeks. Um, and then there's like one or two double game weeks, and it's a huge deal. And like they've based their um, their chips and or tokens or whatever it is they're called and wild cards around trying to maximize those particular weeks based off who makes the FA Cup, you know, and, and like when those games get rearranged. Um, you know, it's it's very whereas we're talking more about double game weeks and stuff like that. So every league is going to have its idiosyncrasies. 
and every league needs to match up its rules to kind of best allow. Could an FPL system work with like limited transfers? Yeah, we've had it before. We also bitched like hell because we had all this other crap and hated. I, I mean, for the people who like want the FPL system back, think about this past week. You would have had to predict all those international call-ups. And you would have had to predict them like four weeks in advance because you had a double game week right before that. So unless you were going to use your wild card that week, artists take like a massive amounts of hits or just slough it off. Everything would have been funneling into making points for this week. And you still had guys like Salinas not show up. Right. You still have guys like Salinas. You have like kind of random call-ups. Like for instance, Jonathan Lewis. Like that would have been the perfect example because we all would have picked Jonathan Lewis um, because he was super cheap and he didn't get called up for camp. And then the weekend before, because there was an injury to Leggett, all of a sudden Jonathan Lewis gets into camp. Boom. And, and oh. we had, in fact, that situation a few years ago with, um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was Pete, no, it wasn't Piotti. It was, it was Kaku. Remember that where Kaku got like randomly called up, mm-hmm. like after the transfer deadline, like and people had him captain, it was like, well, I guess I lose. <laughs> you know, so like all the unlimited and rolling transfer stuff came as a response to that. And the the main frustration I have with people talking, I'm, I know I'm ranting for a while, so you can cut me off at any time. Um, no one is having like a serious objective. Like, for example, we talked about today about the drop-off rate. Okay, what rule change is going to change a drop-off rate? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, to put it in more real terms – what rule change is going to make Andrew Weeby remember to keep his team for 30, 40 years? There's nothing that's going to happen. The dude literally works in MLS headquarters and can't get his team done. Like, th- there's nothing that's going to happen for a lot of those people. So, like, just because, like, this is a problem for MLS doesn't mean a rule change is going to fix it. You know, like, you've, if you have a diagnosed problem, you've got to say how your rule change fixes it, not just, oh, well, I don't like this. And this bad thing is happening, so there must be related. So make my change. No. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I, th- I mean, you you nailed it, Mike. I think that catches, at least for me, I think blame for you. That probably catches a lot of of how we would answer that question yeah. as well. And and for me, that's why, uh, like like you're right. The answer is, hey, how do you prevent drop off? And the common answer is, we'll give more prizes, give more stuff, and and that's that's throwing money at something that you're losing people. Like we need more people before we can justify <clears throat> more prizes stuff like we used to have in the past. And, and there was even drop off there, but that's why for me head to heads mean so much. Cause that's, that's your community. That's your, that's your group. That's your family that you want to play with and, and do well and trash talk and banter or Slack chat, whatever's going on. That's, that's where that fun is. And I would love to see more emphasis on on that like highlighting those leagues that like have a lot of participation highlighting clubs that are doing well highlighting the top players from each of the the official leagues things like that i think to to put the spotlight more on the people playing and to encourage and i i know i'm i'm i say this all the time to encourage clubs to do more with the game it's 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 like grassroots fandom in my opinion, on on how a team can take a, a package that MLS has already it's already wrapped up. Like literally, you get one guy to go over to the to the leagues, see who got first place, and you're like, great, Travis Luscombe, you're the best Houston player this week. Come on down and we're gonna do this. Or check your mailbox, we're sending you an autograph, something like that. Throw their name up on the bulletin board. Baltimore, the big screen TV, and and it's it's like it's just ready to go. Tweet it out, take the picture, tweet it out. It's it's ready to go, and I think that can really get people involved. And I wish people would do it. Uh, we even had a great idea in um, our one of our chats today about having a Champions League between like the winners of the yeah. club league. Yeah, you know, and that would be an easy thing for clubs to be like. You know, hey, you know, this guy's representing New York City in the MLS Fantasy, you know, Champions League. You know, maybe ha- throw in a little extra winner. You could have, like, interviews to kind of give, like, some extra content other than just kind of, like, how to do more picks as far as content. Teams could do it. I mean, they pretty much do that with 
you know, FIFA. I mean, I saw so many posts about New York City's guy who went to like the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, with the video game. Yeah. I mean, I I literally reached out to American Outlaw chapters last season and I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had like people representing their AO chapters to play in a big fantasy league? And and no joke, literally the responses I got were that's not what we're about. We're about the national team. You should be listening, watching YouTube right now, because I'm like serious yeah. wide eye. Yeah, serious wide eye, which is I why your national you. team looks the way it is. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not this show, not this show, Blaine. Blaine, you had a, you had something to say. Yeah, I was just gonna say to piggyback on Mike's. I'll I'll never forget this because I got a buddy Tyler, who was picked out of a select group of about 24 people. All right, one of 24 people selected to play in a private fantasy league with I can't remember whether it was Doyle or Weeby or Borg or somebody, but it was international fans only. They were MLS fans who were living overseas at the time. He was a foreign exchange student from Germany. I think he got picked up as the German representation on there. And But he was invited to play in this private league with an MLS staffer or two because of where he was living at the time. And he was competing against other guys who were all over the world and just tuning in in different time zones and couldn't, couldn't watch all the games and doing that. It, it was one of the coolest things. And they ran a piece on it every couple of weeks on the website, just how the league was doing, given league updates. They interviewed some of the players that were over there, asked some questions. I mean, it was just one of the coolest interactive things I've seen MLS do in a, at, at the time. That was probably the most fan interactive thing I'd seen the website itself do outside of the teams. And more of that. I mean, that's just that's just one of those huge things that the league did. But more of that this way, I joined a Facebook community a while back where I was kind of the outsider. I wasn't the most well-liked in that group because of a reputation I had from another group. And, you know, me being a Kansas City fan, joining a Cascadia-heavy group did not go over well. And I proceeded to join their fantasy league and finished second or third that first season and that league's morphed and changed a little bit, but that's probably my favorite head-to-head league to play in because I've gotten to know that community. And we I always try, hope everybody improves. I finished fourth this year. That's, that's awesome for me. I mean, I don't mind losing two guys who are getting better. One of those guys was, I think, a top 200 player, maybe a top 100 player this year. I mean, just it's... That's what it's about, and I'm gonna I'm rambling a little bit now, but it's just a community you can build in those head-to-heads, and the community you can build outside of just the website. That there's a lot of good to happen. I've got friends this way, people that I know can talk to on on Facebook is where we communicate a lot of our stuff and trash talk. But it's people I would never have met any other way than playing this fantasy game with them. Uh, great stuff, great communities. I think that's what we're stressing a lot right now. Uh, Sorry if we haven't gotten into a lot of the nitty gritty about what people may want to hear about right now or all the ins and outs of what changes could happen. I've got a survey actually, though, that asks some of those questions. So if you want to head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com, head over to Reddit uh, or Twitter where I've tried to get it out there. I've got a survey, asks a lot of these questions. We're trying to get some feedback put together to send to Ben and other people at MLS. Uh, Take it, please please tweet it out, send it out, share it. I mean, that's like, I know I say this all the time and I get a lot of likes on it and that's fantastic. But I mean, seriously, this time I mean it, please, please share this survey out. We're trying to get as much feedback as we can, not just from hardcore people, which which you might be if you're listening to this show, but surely you know other people. Uh, Send it out though. Try to get people to post it on Reddit, get feedback. We really want to have a lot of constructive feedback for Ben and all the guys to consider next year. I'll try to get some more. I'll get in. I will not try. I will get another survey for fall. That's a bit more comprehensive. I may split it up into sort of general reactions and then specific uh, ideas for rules. So it's not as overwhelming. Uh, The first section of the surveys has some required questions, mostly demographic stuff to help with filtering. Uh, After that, it's all optional. So you can do as much or as little as you want. That's all that we have for tonight, unless you guys have a burning issue you want to talk about. I know we had that great interview with Bobby, uh, so I don't want to keep people too long on their morning commute. Yes? No? Nothing? All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. I'll say one thing. It it just makes me sad whenever I do see people who are leaving, you know, the fantasy community because, you know, they want the FPL model. Um, And it, it does suck. But you know what? Like, 
if the game's not fun, like it's it's not going to be fun. You know, I'm sad that you're leaving the community, and that's why I stay. Like, I don't care if it's unlimited transfers or not. I just enjoy talking about whatever the game is going to be. And to me, like, as much as I love arguing about the rules, I would rather be here playing it. But if you don't get enjoyment, like, life's too short. You know, go on your way. Um, nothing but you know, love, and we'll miss you. You know, that's but. I don't think that one person leaving should change it. You know, we don't have access to the demographics. That's one of the reasons why we're doing the survey to kind of get a better understanding of what people want, because just one person yelling at us on Twitter or Reddit doesn't really tell us everything, you know, so answer that survey. We'll kind of get a better idea of where the community stands. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. So if anybody feels like this is a personal attack, that that's not what it is. Uh, I'm, I'm just like, Mike, I'm sorry when people leave. I understand the frustrations people have. I, I don't, agree a lot of the time because sometimes I think some of the, the criticisms are contradictory based on the feedback and the information we've gotten from Ben over the years. But but I get it. And I want everybody to have fun. And even if you leave the game, uh, I still love to see people interacting on on the Discord chat and on Reddit and on Twitter. So uh, st I still love for everyone to stay part of our whole soccer community. And maybe you'll come back one day. Give it a shot again sometime. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll work for you. Uh, that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, you can, again, head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com or Twitter or Reddit to check out the survey. And, uh, again, enjoy the week off. Good luck.